Reading FC eventually turned up to Saturday's championship game with Watford to claim a 2-2 draw and perhaps instill a little bit of optimism into the fan base. So at least reduce the pessimism to an extent. Welcome to the Tarless M podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mark Mayo, here to talk about the week in Reading. This is the podcast by Reading fans, for Reading fans. And well, we've got a bit of a good game to talk about this week and plenty more to, besides to do that with me is Ben Thomas, the view from the Dolan, the Tarless M's official post-match video man. I think that's uh, that's a pretty prestigious title. Ben, I can't think of many better ways to to introduce you than that no that's um i like that yeah we'll we'll take that one um although i did it from a car yesterday bit of a cop out but um yeah just so I, long uh, as you stopped just so long as it wasn't yeah it wasn't <laughs> a moving down the vehicle. no it, i wasn't in a moving vehicle it was uh it was stationary so um yeah all good Beautiful. Well, yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about the Watford game uh, in just a little bit with the recap here from Paul Lintz as well. Mailbag coming up, news bites as well, because the women's team are going into an international break now. So a good moment to have a little chat about them. And then later on, yeah, talking about Sunderland on Saturday, which is the, uh, I'm pretty sure the longest trip we've got all season. Certainly one of the uh, the more daunting ones we've got at the moment, given our away form, I guess probably they're all kind of daunting, aren't they? So yeah, let's get into the recap in just a second. Big thank you to our Patreon subscribers and our sponsors, ZCZ Films. Kind of say that in the most virgin radio way possible. And uh, yeah, let's go into the recap, talk about Reading 2, Watford 2. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Where do we start with this one then, Ben? Because uh, it's not actually, I don't think it fulfills the cliche of a game of two halves. I think if it did, then we might have won it because one nil down at half time probably didn't have the better of the first half. And, you know, the goal isn't a great one. We can talk about talk about that and analyse it in just a second. But you come out in the second half and think, all right, time to show some character, guys. Time to get the foot on the ball and, and you know, show what we're all about. <laughs> and just like that, we can see. So one of those games that probably a, a game of two thirds and then a third, if that makes sense. So Reading did eventually show up with a Shane Long winning a penalty, Jeff Hendrick getting the uh, the, the equaliser for 2-2. Two, two, and actually, you know, a bit more a bit more after that as well, Hendrick with another chance and took the point. So I guess overall summation then, it has to be seen as a good point when you're 2-0 down. Yeah, in, in the context of the game, certainly. Um, I, I, I think up until about the 16th, 17th minute when I think uh, Ince had his first shot on target, Goldie did quite well to, to save it. It was very, very flat. It was almost played like a testimonial pace, really. Neither side was was really in the game or, or looking to to push the game forward. Um and then, you know, we we come undone with a with a very, very silly goal to concede. I think I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Arojo Maruju? You know, I always say Arau myself, but Arau. then that's, that's might be underdone. You're kind of more educated than I am, Mark. So um we'll go for that Arau. <laughs> But he, you know, he went right to the byline, completely unchallenged, and it was it was a tapping in the end, and everyone just kind of stopped really, um, and it, that was really frustrating because it, I would, you know, <laughs> we we weren't good uh, by any stretch up until that point, but you know, what Watford weren't great either, and and for them to kind of to to, to be in a position where they were going one 0 at half time was was probably a little bit harsh, I'd say, um, if I'm if I'm being sort of really optimistic and, and positive about us. And then you know the, the the second goal we conceded was was even worse because it was a free header from a corner, 
um, you know, cut straight back and, you know, very good header, of course, but no one challenges him. So at that point, you're thinking, well, the game's done and dusted. Um, Resilience-wise, you know, you, you can't fault them. It, it it probably, you know, last season would have been another three or four nil job. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, look, they kept going. It was a, it was a penalty. Um, I'll, I'll fight anyone to the death who disagrees. It, you know, great experience from Long to, to get in front of, I think it was Cathcart who gave it away in the end. Uh, and that, you know, that that was why he was in the side. Really, it was really good to see him starting for for sure. Um, but you know, you, you kind of think we'll get get, get back to two one have the goal that was disallowed, which I think Joe Lumley ruled offside in the end, the amount of pressure that he was putting on the um, on the line And you think, okay, well maybe maybe we have got a chance. And and I say luckily because we probably didn't deserve it in the end, um, in my opinion anyway, we end up with a draw. And I, I it, it was just really, really odd because we you know we weren't really in the game up until that point and, and we scored two goals, got ourselves back into the game. Um and it, it sort of looked a bit more positive than it than it probably was on on the shade of play. Really, I think my concern overall, and, and I guess other people's concern, is that this still leads to a picture where I think we're sort of four wins in eighteen, which which is not great at all by any stretch. Um, and that's you know that's not a great run of form to be in at, at crunch time of the season. Really, you know you want to be picking up points. And you know I know we'll talk about the Sunderland and, and possibly the Rotherham game in due course, but. We've got some very, very difficult games coming up, really. And and we're in danger of slipping into that route where they turn into a kind of must-win games. So I think, you know, with, with the clean week that we've got in front of us to, to go up to Sunderland, he's, he's got some decisions to make, really, in terms of personnel, because obviously he'll have Carroll back. Um, you, you'd probably think that, that uh, Long would, would potentially start, providing he came through yesterday unscathed there's an argument to bring Jao back in potentially who obviously didn't feature at all yesterday uh which he will be very miffed about and then the other one really is is whether or not he sticks with uh Cassidy starting again who who I didn't think had a great game yesterday um but there's there's still and I know last time I was I was I was on this we talked a little bit about the you know, the flimsiness of the defence. It, it still doesn't look quite right. You know, we're conceding a lot of goals. I think at the moment only Wigan have, have conceded more than we have and they're, yeah. you know, they're bottom of the table. So it's 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 tricky, really. Um, it's it's well, difficult to find that balance. Let's talk about uh, Butch Cassidy, as someone described it. Ben Warden on Twitter, I saw, describing this week. Because, yeah, well, I, I, I want to have a chat about the defence as well. But as you raised uh, Cassidy, what was... What was your review of his performance? I know Alex Ray saying that he'd only had a, a week or less than a week of training and it was his first senior game. So for 56 minutes, um, was it just yeah. just about all right? No, I thought it was worse than that. If we're being brutally honest, he just looked like a you know fish up a tree, really. He just didn't... It, it wasn't great at all. Um, he, he didn't really know what, what he was doing or seemingly didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, we can say, well, we this is first, um, you know, senior debut or whatever. But ultimately, that's uh, where we are at the moment. I just don't think that's good enough. I don't think we can take gambles on players. And I know everyone's kind of gone on YouTube and gone, oh, he looks amazing. He can do this, he can do that in the youth teams. But this is championship football. And and ultimately, you know, we, we need players that, that are going to step up immediately and be able to come into the team almost seamlessly. He's not coming into a, you know, a vintage... Uh, football vehicle at the moment we all know that and it's going to be difficult for him but it it just seemed it seemed very odd to start and in my opinion because 
you know, if I'm Tyrese Fawn and I'm thinking, hold on a second, I've been here all season, I've had very few minutes recently, and you're chucking this kid straight into the mix when I've I've done, you know, fair to middling when I've when I've played this season. So I was quite pleased, quite pleased to see Fauna come on and, and do, you know, to be blunt, a much better job than than Caste did. He look, he made a few good runs. He kind of looked like he wanted to play on the front foot a little bit in terms of an attacking sense, but he lost the ball far too many times. Positioning wise, he, he wasn't really there, and I don't blame him, of course, because as I said, he's not he's not coming into a well beaten side that's that's brimming with confidence and, and is able to assimilate players quickly. But it just seemed very odd, and and I think you know, forget all the all the rave reviews that he's got. It just seems like a bizarre signing at this stage of the season when there's you know, there's probably so many other out of contract players or or, or loanees that we could have got that have got experience in this division. Um, the, the whole thing just seemed very, very strange to me. It, it really did. Um, and again, being blunt, I suppose the positive is that that Rahman wasn't in the squad as a result of that. You know, the amount of loan needs that we've got, so it's it's difficult. It's going to be hard for him. And I think he was probably looking around, going, "What have I done?" You know, looking at looking at the quality or rather lack of quality that was around him yesterday. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out, but. But based on yesterday, he's got a long way to go to to be up to speed to be able to compete in in this league for sure. Yeah, I suppose to for, for the opposite point of view, I suppose the good thing is that he has he obviously has the talent because Inter Milan thought he did to the tune of twelve million pounds, and Chelsea did thought he you know thought he did to the tune of roughly the same amount. So you know, two very very good clubs rated him, and obviously Italy under twenty one international and stuff. So I think he's got. I think he's got you know a good few weeks now to to settle in and improve and everything and it will be a tough learning curve but I guess that's the thing about the amount of potential he has is that he can make steps very quickly and and you know um settle in nicely so let's hope he does that because um you know we kind of need him to don't we really the uh, I remember last week on the podcast we were talking about how he was going to fit into the 25 man squad um in the end it's Dayan Tetek who is pulled out of the 25-man squad. Um, the kind of, well, I suppose he's not quite an academy midfielder. He's an academy midfielder, but not not quite a young midfielder anymore. But um, the reserve midfielder, I suppose you'd say, but he's injured anyway. So that's why he's come out of the squad officially. And uh, Rahman was injured for this week. So, um, and I guess actually, Mamadou Loom is banned for the next two weeks. So it, it's these are uh, these five, six lone E things that we've got. We can only include five out of the six in a squad every week. It's solving itself, isn't it? So maybe not such a gamble in that sense after all. Um, and let's talk about the big question then. Um, as you say, the, the first goal, I agree with you, is good, really good street smart from Shane Long. The second goal, I'm not sure if this was a corner routine as such or if Tom Ince has semi-overhit it. But one thing I'm absolutely certain that wasn't necessarily meant to happen was Jeff Hendrick shinning it into the back of the net. I'm sure there isn't, we don't have Sky Sports definitive, you know, close-ups and angles, but I'm sure he does because Ben, let's face it, if he if he connects with that volley, I think someone in Tyler's has got a smashed window. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, it, you know, to use a cricket analogy, if he catches that full toss, it's it's, it's going over the stands. It, it really is. Um, look, it it was an, it was a much needed goal at the time. You know, really nice delivery from Ince as we've come to expect. I think he's he got maybe four or five assists straight from corners this season, which is quite impressive, really. Um, you know, given the kind of style of play, but yeah, it it, it was. I think he's he's definitely shin that, and and you know, fortunately, that's kind of nestled into the onion bag. Um, and at, you know, at that point, we were kind of on top, really. We we were we were kind of 
starting to come into the game a little bit more. I know there was kind of right at the end with with Mate who who definitely connected almost too much with with the ball to to send it high over the bar and uh, you know it, being honest we would have been very very fortunate if we'd if we'd won that and and probably on the balance of play didn't as well definitely on the balance of play didn't deserve it so um you can you can kind of see a little bit why Watford felt hard done by in terms of the decision that they had against them and um, you know, quite a few of them will complain about the penalty as well, but it's it's a good point. Um, it's a it's a good goal, um, almost accidentally from Hendrick, and, and a very welcome one at that point. Um, it's it's going to be interesting if he can pop up with any more, really, because he is starting to turn the tide just a little bit from from previous uh, performances, which have, have not been good at all. So, and, and with Loom's kind of absence now, he's he's really got to do a lot of the legwork in midfield where he he probably hasn't previously. Yeah, um, for sure. Whether or not that means he can he can get forward, that would be that'd be interesting to see as well. Yeah. Well, last thing I was going to mention about the game, and actually, this is a bit more about general for Reading moving forward now. Because I mean, for the goals, I mean, I wasn't impressed with Hoylett for the first goal or McIntyre for either goal, to be honest. And I think you know we've said on the podcast a lot that McIntyre isn't in our first choice defensive line but I think Saar Naby Saar should be back for Sunderland Scott Dan was on the bench and Benge finally getting a start in this game with Yudon going to right wing back I think that my question now is is the five-man back line which I've been a big fan of this season but is it has it served its purpose now only Wigan as you say have a worse defense than us we're not keeping yes it's part of our system that we have kind of counter-attacking football 40 percent possession etc etc but is that actually necessarily working not that we have to completely overhaul this the the way that we play but would a 4-4-1-1 or 4-3-3 work a bit better now just to protect the flanks a little bit more I think so you would have a you know year done with Hoylet in front of him or you know the Guinness Walker or Rahman with Aziz in front of them or something like that just to to provide more protection for the wings. And then, I mean, let's face it, we're probably going to have Hendrick and Loom or Hendrick and Cassidy, who's Cassidy seems to be quite physical to, to be the central midfielders in that. And then, you know, ints off of Carroll or, you know, Mate wide of, of Carroll and, and, uh, you know, someone like Aziz or Hoyler on the other flank is, is a four, three, three or four, four, one, one. I think perhaps a bit more of a, a better idea now. In theory, yeah, it sounds amazing. My my only concern really is who if you play four at the back, who do you put next to Holmes? That's that's really the biggest issue. Um, I, I don't see Dan doing that. Obviously, in an ideal world, it'd be Hutchinson, but he can't stay fit for longer than thirty minutes in a game. So it's it's not going to be him for for another couple of weeks. Obviously, Moore is is a is a non-starter as well. So so that leaves realistically. Well, yeah, but again, he's not been good though, has he? He's not he's not been good at all. Um, and now obviously he's been playing in a, in a five but is that a gamble you want to take against the team like Sunderland it's difficult because they are you know it is going to be a gamble whatever you do now if you start changing systems I mean my my biggest frustration really is with the five is that those those kind of supposed wing backs just don't get forward enough and they're not productive enough um, you know the, the one time that Yeardom kind of played forward we got a penalty out of it so it, it, there is a, a, a really strong argument brewing for, you know, dropping that five and, and sticking a four at, at the back. Um, I'm just, I'm just not sold on on Nabi Sar at all, really. And and that's 
that would be my biggest question is who else plays centre-back with with Tom Holmes because, you know, we said time and again in articles on on here, he's he's our number one, really, choice in terms of, of going straight into the defence. And Bengay's done very well recently, but you fear that he's only sort of one one bad decision away from being dropped again a little bit like we had with, with Guinness Walker earlier on in the season. So it's 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 going to be... Uh, it's going to be intriguing to see how that one pans out, and and if he does drop the five for a four against Sunderland, that's that's either very brave or <laughs> very stupid. Um, we'll reserve judgment on that until we see it. Um, <laughs> I think your point about Aziz, I think he, you know he he probably has to start as well because of the problem with with Int playing up front or, or further advanced up the pitch, shall we say, is that there was no one getting at, at the Watford defence until Aziz came on, so he would have to start. Um, and it's it's whether or not he wants to tinker with the the forward players as well. But again, it's it's having those options available and and kind of working on it on the training pitch properly and, and having a really drilled quite early on in the week ready for for a very difficult game on Saturday. Yeah, it's a, that reserving judgment until after it is probably what Paul Lintz wishes he could do, but he'll have to make a decision one way or another. I'm gonna yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say that I think having been a massive fan of the move to a five man backline for the course of the season, I don't I I would personally go for a four four one one for a couple of weeks now. Have Aziz, Hoyler, Ince, whoever it is on the flanks. Probably Ince off of a striker. I guess you could probably play Shane Long as a kind of attacking mid off of someone like Carroll. Bit of a pseudo 4-4-2 really. But yeah, I, I think that having a Mbenge or Saar alongside Holmes and then having you know a proper left back and a proper right back doing their jobs with some assistance in front of them would... Um, would be a good move, um, which is something I'll hastily delete from my opinions if we do that against Sunderland and have a massive hash of it. Right, let's hear from Paul Ince then. Then we're going to go into the mailbag because we've got a couple of questions this week from you guys. Craig got up, got behind us and, um, you know, it was a wonderful second goal, wasn't it? You know, uh, great piece of corner from Thomas, wonderful volley from Jeff. He's now adding goals to his game. You know, I thought again he was outstanding, Jeff. Thomas again. Uh, I don't like to pick players, but the second half we were really, really at him and it's one of those games which where you think you want it to continue because we looked like the only team who was going to score um, or get the winner. Uh, but then again, you think you take a point. You know, you're a team that's fourth in the table. Okay, you're depending on the striker worth about £35 million. So let's understand this as a club where we are. Um, and then we all stay behind these players. Okay? Um, but listen, overall, I'm actually delighted with a point. You're listening to the Tarhurst End podcast by Reading fans for Reading fans. Continuing us on a theme then, Mike Stagg saying, surely the last 30 minutes against Watford proves that we need to play more attacking players rather than relying on the back five. Mate, Zhao, Aziz, Ince, Long and Carroll suggest we should be playing more up front. Um, I guess the argument for that is that you can have Aziz as the left wing back as he was against Watford. And then you can have, you know, in the five, you can still fit them all in, have Ince as the centre midfield, Mate, Long or someone up front. Um, and then if you really wanted to go crazy, have Hoylet as the right wing back and Yeardom as a centre back. Is is this team capable of playing all those attacking players and controlling a game a bit more and actually, you know, kind of putting teams under pressure a bit more and, and reaping rewards then? Is that actually a way that this team do we have the 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 capabilities, as it were, to uh, to make that work? Um well the- I mean, that is a really good question, a very difficult question to answer, you know, succinctly. Um, the bottom line is that we have enough quality in the side, is, is what I will say. Now, 
without going down a rabbit hole, have have we got or has Ince and his coaching staff got the absolute best out of this current team of you know what are essentially good misfits? Um, the answer is probably no, because I'm still not entirely convinced he knows what his best team is in terms of starting eleven, let alone a squad. Um, he will tell us time and again that it's you know down to restrictions and people being available. But you know this is probably the best it's been for a long time in terms of injuries. Well, we've obviously got a, a suspension coming up, and we we had Carol suspended for this weekend. But on the whole, fitness wise, we've we've got enough really to dare I say it probably be doing better than we are in in recent weeks. Um, it, it, in terms of the attacking intent, I mean, it, it honestly depends on who uh, who plays. You know, he he seems to have tried every single combination of players up front, uh, and it's it's not really stuck. You know, I, I don't honestly feel that the uh, forward players have scored enough goals. Bar Tom Ince, you know, you, you're looking at players like Shane Long, who hasn't really had many minutes. Uh, Lucas Jow, who I don't think has been utilised particularly well. And Andy Carroll, who is Andy Carroll. So there's no doubt on paper that we have enough to trouble teams. Um, in terms of controlling games, I, I don't think historically seen we've been very good at doing that, if at all. Um, possible exceptions would be maybe Blackburn at home. I thought Norwich would win. We were we were very good and 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 controlled for most of that game as well. Um, so it's it's an interesting one. Um, I, I just don't think we've seen enough from these players to to fully answer that yet. And you know, ultimately, we we have to. You know, it sounds obvious, but we have to get as many points on the board as quickly as we can now because we are. I know it's very congested in that sort of mid to bottom table area, but we, we are in danger of getting sucked into it if we don't start picking up points very quickly. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, what happens this week in training, what, what goes on at Sunderland will, will give us a fairly good indicator of what he feels will be, uh, well, I say his best, but his, his strongest side moving forward to the latter part of this season. Um, and I'm kind of more interested in, in the team sheet at this stage than, than what happens on the pitch because I think it's going to be very very telling for a lot of those players to see where they fit into the to the makeup in this this kind of crunch period for us really. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Zhao. I mean, Zhao's our top striker goal scorer with five goals from eleven starts, eleven sub appearances. Um, Carroll has played about a hundred minutes less and he's got four goals. This is in the league only. Um. Yakumate with three from 12 starts and eight sub appearances, although that's about the, they've all played around about a thousand minutes. Carroll's played about a hundred less. Shane Long's played about 150 less, and he's only got one goal in the league. And that was a penalty, I think, if I'm rightly remembering that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that to answer Mike's question, do we need to play more attacking? Um, I think there is certain moments when we could get into an attacking mindset sooner. Um, I don't think if we throw an attacking lineup out against Rotherham at home, for example, we might start really well and get a goal up, but I think we'd struggle later in the game and we'd probably end up throwing, you know, parking the bus a bit, a bit too soon if we're not scoring a second goal, which I don't think we necessarily would do. And then if we were going to a place like Sunderland, I think we, there's a very real chance that going that attacking, we would just get. Uh, Pumped. Not that that won't happen anyway. We'll find ways to get pumped no matter what. Number thirteen asking us when will when when will Reading win their next game? 
Cardiff City away, question mark. Uh, that's in a couple of games' time. We've got uh, Sunderland, Rotherham, then Cardiff away, then Blackpool at home. So, I mean, just really quickly, Ben, I think that will do I think Reading will win one of those games? I think we'll probably win two of them, maybe even three, because our home form has been very good and Cardiff aren't. And Sunderland, you can get at them if you play well. So I'm 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 not personally of a hugely pessimistic outlook for the next few weeks. I think we're playing some lesser teams, playing at home again. I think we'll we'll I think we'll start to pick up some wins. Well, we get a draw out of Sunderland, then it's a great result. To, to be honest, considering what happened, you know, earlier on in the season with them when they came to us, but also the way they've kind of kicked on this season as well. You know, they're what are they um, ninth, eighth in the league, something like that, just off the playoffs. Um, in terms of that particular question, I I think we well. Yeah, I'm pretty confident we'll win against Rotherham on on the 14th, and then you know Cardiff are, are really in trouble, so they are not having a happy time with it whatsoever. So you did probably look to to get a win there. So yeah, look, the next couple of games are going to be difficult, but they're not impossible. Um, it's it's just kind of dependent on what the teams around us are doing as well, and we have to have to kind of keep the pressure on. Really, um, there, there are teams that are really out of form at the moment. Um, I wouldn't say that we are one of them particularly. You know, obviously, Wigan pretty much look dead and buried. As I mentioned, Cardiff, you know, QPR are not in great form either. Stoke, apart from apart from the win against us a couple of weeks ago, they've been pretty terrible team. And they're sort of in and around where we are. So at the moment, we're kind of staying in touch with that middle pack because those teams aren't doing particularly well either. But at some point, we're going to have to take responsibility for our own results. And, and I think we will get back to winning ways uh, against Rotherham to, to answer that question. Yeah, final question this week then is Peter Martyr. Certainly a topic we've talked about a lot on the podcast this season, actually for years, to be honest. Um, why does it take managers so long to make changes? It was clear to everyone at halftime that it's not working and then even more so after the first five minutes of the second half against Watford. Um, and I mean, I say years because Paunovic was horrendous at making substitutions, wasn't he? And Ince, I think he's gotten a bit better in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you look at the Man United game, um, Fauna came on after an hour, uh, and Benge about 69 minutes. Um, both those changes, I think, were generally positive changes. Um, look against Watford, 56 minutes Fauna came on, and then 67 Aziz, and then we made a couple changes uh, after it went to 2-2. So... I mean, I I personally, I, I fully accept the what Peter is saying. I mean, making changes at half-time, yeah, with hindsight, absolutely right. And probably at the time, you would say it's right as well. Certainly as soon as the goal goes in, although I would argue that Ince probably does make a change as soon as the goal goes in for 2-0. So I think that Ince is probably just about moved in the right way with this and that the substitutions that... I mean, it feels like a bit of an old-fashioned thing, but I do remember back in the day, as it were, um, managers would occasionally make changes at like 30 minutes in and everything. But maybe because they've got five net changes now, they're maybe actually a little bit more reluctant to do it because they can, you know, really change the game with two or three at once and, and you know, have a real shift in attitude about 20 minutes to go and stuff. And maybe that's why they're... They're, they're a bit later these days, but no, I think in the last week I'd actually got. I would actually say that Ince has probably done all right with his subs. Uh, well, I think this comment's intensified because of the comment, or the, you know, this this kind of topic is intensified because of the comment that he made uh, up at Stoke when he said he could have swapped them all at, at half time and then didn't do anything until the 60th minute. You know, these these kind of comments don't help the fan base have faith in the process. Um, I, I think he's. 
I think it's coincided with the fact that he's done better in inverted commas with his subs because he's had more options. So, you know, as he's coming back has, has been a positive thing. You know, he's got, yes, they had Mate, had Jao, obviously didn't use. Um, you know, he, he's got more possibilities to to be able to try and affect the game. And there's no doubt that Aziz coming on kind of had Watford uh, worried a lot more than they were because we had someone running direct at, at their defence who, who were there to be got out, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it would be good to see his in-game management improve a little bit more and kind of get players on quicker who he feels are going to affect the game to a positive outcome. Um, I, 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 You know, whether or not it's down to tactical nous or lack of tactical nous or lack of... Um, Pass now, you know, we could do a separate pod on that, really. But yeah, it's 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 improving. Um, but that that you know, as I said, coincides with the fact he's got more options. So it's it's a it's a positive in the fact that we know we might be able to do something off the bench now, whereas previously that wasn't the case. Um, so we'll you know we'll see how that pans out. But you know, <laughs> all due respect to, to the squad players, you want your starting eleven to be the best it can be and to be able to affect the game there and then and be able to kind of kick on and, and, and get the points. But yeah, using the bench is, is part and parcel of, of, of football and and we've historically as a club not done that particularly well at all, really. No, that's a, that's a bit of a scar that I think we have as fans. So it might take a little time for any manager to kind of, to uh, re, re or kind of undo that really, isn't it? So uh, yeah, it's certainly one to keep an eye on, but I've, I've moved towards ints in the you know the greater the pendulum of uh, thoughts on substitutions, which is a massive one in this fan base, isn't it? Right, let's do some news bites. Talk about what's been going on around the club this week. Send in your views to the at gmail.com and have your say in the mailbag. Let's start with the under 18s. Then they beat Cardiff two one, so they've gone up to fourth in their PDL division. Cardiff for third, so a nice little win there. Their way to Swansea on Saturday. Under 21's Femi Aziz scoring uh, in midweek as they beat Bristol City. Then a 2 1 defeat on Friday night in the Premier League Cup to Arsenal. Took them to extra time, so not a, not a horrendous result, really, because Arsenal always going to have a better team out thus for that one. Interestingly, a screamer quote-unquote, scored by trialist, and I, we believe that to be Matty Carson, 18-year-old Northern Irish left-back who was on trial, one of two players on trial for the under-21s that uh, that night, um, from Southampton, I believe. His contract's expiring at the end of the season by the looks of it. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see that the club are taking an early look at these players, having a see as to who they might want to bring in. I know that um, Paul Lintz has spoken before about picking up players, like we've got Craig in midfield, who's uh, trying to make inroads in the... Um, in the first team at the moment, picking up players from a Premier League academies that, you know, they're not going to make it to that grade very quickly, but maybe we can bring them through. And there are plenty of players out there that Reading have let go at that age that have gone on to do well. So why can't we pick up some players from clubs above us? Um, we got Ipswich at home on Friday. I believe that's at the Select Car Leasing Stadium um, Friday for the under-21s. And lastly, the women's team. They beat Leicester in the FA Cup last week and then lost 2-0 to Liverpool today. That's Sunday we're recording this. So quick fire second half double. Uh, international break next up for the women. 
They've got Spurs away in the fifth round of the FA Cup on the 26th of February. So that's when they're next in action. Interesting comments this week from Kelly Chambers, the manager, saying that uh, after the Liverpool game, the biggest thing moving forward is we have to stand up and I'll now be looking at players who prove they are willing to fight and step up on that pitch and give everything, which actually, Ben, kind of chimes with the comments of uh, Emma McCandy, the captain, a couple of weeks ago where... She, I mean, she went on a podcast and said this as opposed to kind of saying it post-defeat, which I guess is a bit more reasonable from the manager, but uh, saying that there's a bit of a mentality issue with the women's team at the moment in terms of, you know, putting everything on the line and fighting on the pitch. And they're in a relegation battle at the moment in the WSL. There's no doubt about it. Maybe the, the quality and the experience level of players has dropped because Reading aren't, you know, quite a... You know, the pond has grown, let's say. They're bigger fish in it now than a few years ago and the WSL was a bit of a odd division in that sense now but Reading find themselves towards the bottom of it and I guess they've got a you know the the women's team has to work out now how they're going to be able to to stay afloat yeah I mean they're really looking over their shoulders now um I think they've lost 10 games this season which is is not uh it's not a good stat to to be associated with at all um, it, it's weird because you know you know we talked last time I was on because I'd, I'd been to the, the the, the United game and and they were all right in that really they were they were pretty good you know they showed a bit of resilience and um, you know they lacked a little bit of game management at, at, at times but they just don't seem to have uh, the cutting edge up front you know they're, they're not scoring enough goals as it is but they just don't seem to want to uh, gamble particularly in the games that I've seen them in terms of, of of trying to score goals so it's it's difficult really um, and obviously they had the cup win last week which went to extra time and then penalties I believe so it's it's going to be difficult for them and, and you know Kelly's right to come out and, and question because I think there is a soft a softness to to what they've been doing this season um it, it's going to be so important for for the club and and you know obviously for the players there to to be able to stay in the division because you know we've talked time and again about the men's team dropping down to league one and and so on but you know you drop down to the, the women's championship and that really is um that's a problem, you know. Coming back out of there is, is going to be very, very difficult. So, let's hope that they can they can get some some wins going. They've got a couple of weeks off now and and go again when um, when the international games are finished. But they're going to have to do something pretty drastic to to get up the table now, really. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an odd one. I mean, they're not Liverpool are eighth now in that division. I think they've only got eleven points from eleven games, and you've got four teams that are basically just win every game because they're so much better funded than everyone else. Um, which, I mean, it's a little bit controversial to say, to kind of criticise the WSL and the women's football in general. But I do think that, you know, clubs are making world record bids and then at the same time, they can't even get a game going at Chelsea because of a frozen pitch and stuff. So I think that gen- it's something they need, they really need to work out their priorities a little bit with the infrastructure um, of the WSL. And I really want them to do it because um do, do want it to succeed massively and I want Reading to succeed in that um, as well but yeah I agree that there's a little bit of a trap door hanging uh, hanging below them at the moment and hopefully we can pull through it and then find some way of uh, of coming out of it really but uh, yeah a couple of weeks off so we'll be updating you on the women's team in due course we'll get back to the uh, men's senior team now with big match preview be loud and be proud and back the boys and make some noise come on you ours! Shout out to this week's podcast sponsor, ZCZ Films, showing that age is no barrier to being a hoolie hoop. So then, Saturday, 3pm, February the 11th, 
Reading go to the Stadium of Light. And Ben, we actually won on our last trip to the Stadium of Light. And uh, can you tell me who scored? A bit of trivia here. Can you tell me who scored? And for a bonus point, what was the year? Um, God, no, I wouldn't even be able to hazard a guess, which is awful, isn't it? Well, it was 2017, if that's a bit of a clue. And uh, fans who went that year will remember that Dave Edwards got the first goal and then Mo Barrow popped up with two for a 3-1 win at Sunderland, which is our last trip. And I guess it's our last trip because they got relegated that season, didn't they? So they weren't particularly good. They are a little bit better this year, though, aren't they? In terms of how they've kicked on, you know, obviously they lost their manager very early on in the season. But, you know, Tony Mowbray's done a fantastic job there and... Well, they ninth in the table, 42, 43 points, something like that, just off the playoffs. They've done remarkably well, you know, very, very resilient. The result yesterday showed that, you know, obviously going to Millwall and finally scored in the 80th minute or 81st minute or something like that. So it, it's going to be difficult. You would imagine Sunderland to be there or thereabouts in terms of the playoffs uh, with a whole host of other clubs, really. Um, and that, that part of the table is looking very, very tight, but they will... They'll be desperate for points, having having dropped a couple yesterday, and 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 trying to you know assert themselves in that the top half of that table. Um, you know, obviously the standout player is 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 Ross Stewart up front, a very very good player. Um, I think he was subject to a, a a bit of interest on on transfer deadline day, but it's it's going to be hard for us. You know, it's it's not going to be easy. We all know what our away form has been like, not just recently, but the whole of this season. Um, Sunderland will be will be very very positive about their chances. I think they've won five at home this season, so not great, but you know still a lot better than our away record. And it will be um, it will be telling. You know it really will be in terms of how we're able to adapt, how we set up, and and, and more importantly how we're able to compete with with those players and the the team, given how awful we were at home uh, to them sort of earlier in the season, really. Yeah, that 3-0 defeat really uh, was a bit humbling, I think. A lot of fans weren't expecting that sort of result, given that we were flying high at that time. And and it's actually, even though I was talking about four-man defence earlier, Ince switched mid-game to a four-man defence and then the whole thing just collapsed, didn't it? So uh, we'll see how he reacts to that. I suppose on the good side, they are playing midweek against Fulham in the FA Cup, so might end up being a bit draining for them. Certainly a game that they'll want to throw everything at. They haven't only lost one game since December the 12th. So very decent um, record of avoiding defeat. They've actually only won five of their 14 Championship League home games uh, this season. As, as I say, we did as well win our last trip to Sunderland. So what do you do for the team then? Uh, Cassidy keep a space maybe there's no loom as I said does Aziz get a run out keep Shane Long up front um, I believe we have Andy Carroll back um, yeah I mean I, I wouldn't put Carroll straight back in to be honest with you um, even though yeah. he's, a, he's, he's a Geordie this is his classic you know rival well, game I'm yeah. sure he'll get booed uh, yeah, yeah well he gets booed everywhere he goes at the moment uh, the, the, the reaction that he's had from, from Man United fans in, in recent days um, I, I, I think really, you know, going back to what we talked about with the with the defence in terms of the four, you know, Ross Stewart's out for, you know, what for probably the rest of the season now, um, and this this might be, this might be the game to to chuck four at the back because, you know, I'd, I'd need to double check on the stats, but obviously Ross Stewart's carried them up front without him being there. It's it's going to be slightly easier for us than than maybe it was. Um, in in terms of up front, I I wouldn't play under Carroll. I think Long did enough yesterday to be able to 
to keep his place. It's whether or not you stick Jao next to him or you stick with Ince uh, up front next to him as well. It, that's that's going to be the interesting one. I, I don't see uh, Ince Senior dropping the two up front for this game. But the question is going to be further back in, in the field in terms of who, who fills that midfield spot. Does he stick with Cassidy? Does he bring Fauna in for Loom? How does that work? And of course, as we said, whether or not they, they go for the four at the back. So it's it's not, I don't think this is going to be the hardest game we've had all season, but it's it's certainly given the run of form that we've been on away, it's going to be very difficult to, you know, prior to the game to, to point to a Reading win, really. Um, so look, it's, it's, it's nice to have the options, but I, I'm still not, as I said earlier, convinced that the Ince really knows what his best team is or or his, or his starting eleven should be. Um, hopefully, we get some clarity on that over over the next few weeks in terms of how the team settles down. But you know, this this one I think is is going to be kind of a little bit beyond us in terms of the three points, really. Yeah, I get that sense. I mean, personally, I think that Cassidy probably will start, given that he played last week and. Probably I would drop Ince back into a, if we are playing a three at the back, drop Ince in as the as a three five two. Probably have Rahman come back at left wing back if he's available. And then would you play Femi Aziz up front with Shane Long? It would be a bold move. I'd be up for it if that's what we're going to do. Um, you could even do it as a three four three with Ince kind of one side and Aziz the other. Um, if you can trust the central midfield of Hendrick and Cassidy, um, which I'm not sure Ince would. But then, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I would potentially throw Carroll in. I, I, I think he probably will start. And then Mate and Zhao as the options off the bench sounds relatively okay to me. Let's do some predictions then. We had a clean sweep of red last week. No one said we we're going to draw with Watford. It's all wins and losses. That means, Ben, you're still top of the table. So I will throw the first prediction to you. Uh, I'm amazed I'm top, actually. Honestly, compared to last season, I've done much better, which is which is great. It's a really... Um, I was a little bit disappointed. Really, really disappointed that I didn't get anything for the fact that I said we'd score two goals, but it doesn't matter like that, does it? So, um, yeah, never mind. I, I, I don't see us winning this game. I, I think it'll be two 0 Sunderland. Um, will, will be my prediction. Cool. Well, I'm going to go two one Sunderland because our, I mean our waveform is just bad, isn't it? At the end of the day, um, which means it's a bit of a fool's game. As much as I would love to, uh, as much as I would love to say that we're going to be uh, picking up wins and all that sort of stuff, I just yeah, I, I'm just with you. I think that prediction wise, I'll happily be uh, be negative to start with, and then hopefully something will pop up. But yeah, I mean it's the championship. We just picked up a point against one of the teams in the playoffs. This team isn't in the playoffs. They're not. Their home form is good, but not brilliant. So I'm sure we can go there and there is definitely a way if we can keep the defence tight. Sunderland are on the top scores in the division and their defence isn't horrific. So we'll have to go and see. Keep on top of everything going on then in the week building up to the game and of course the game coverage with the Tarlust end this podcast episode. Always a pleasure, Ben. Thank you for coming on. No problem, Mark. Have a good week and uh, if you're heading up Sunderland, uh, enjoy the long journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, this is this is prime listening for people heading up to the to the uh, stadium of light on the northeast. And given that if you started listening to us as you left, you can either listen to it again about seven times before you get there, or you can go back to last uh, Wednesday's interview with Luke Anthony. A quick shout out for that before we finish off. Uh, the former Reading FC physio and then head of medical services from 07 to 15. So obviously a massive period for the club. Lots went on during that. Go and check that out. 
And uh, yeah, otherwise, we will be back. Unfortunately, I won't be dropping in any interviews in uh, midweek before this game, but we have a free midweek and then we're back after the Sunderland game to talk about Rotherham and Cardiff, which that sounds like a cracking week, doesn't it, as <laughs> championship football. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Come on, you ass. Let's go.